Welcome to Main Menu for March 30th through April 5th, 2012. Hello, I'm your host, David Tanner, and glad you are here with us today on Main Menu. If you are a regular listener to Main Menu, we are glad to have you back again this week. We always appreciate you coming back and being with us each week on Main Menu, whether you listen to the stream from the webpage, whether you listen to us by podcast, maybe you pick us up on iBlink Radio. Well, that's a good place to do to pick us up. We are very glad to have you with us. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. Uh, let's just let you know that uh, if there are things you like about the show or things you'd like to see us add to the show, maybe some particular subject that you would be interested in having us cover that topic, be glad to uh, hear from you. You could come to our webpage and leave a comment there as to what it is you'd like to hear. You could join the Main Menu Friends mailing list. They're on the webpage, and then once you're on the mailing list, you can carry on a conversation with us and the other users and listeners to Main Menu and tell us suggestions that you might have for how we could improve the show or things that you'd like to hear us do. We always are glad to hear your comments, and for those of you who are into Twitter, we do have a Twitter page, and we would be more than happy to have you drop by and say hello to us at www.twitter.com.mainmenu, and we will be glad to uh, reply to your tweets and tweet back to you and answer any questions you might have there. Well, this week on Main Menu, we have another in our series on note-takers. This week, we're going to be finding out about stopwatches and uh, countdown timers on the various note-takers that we've been covering. And then following that, we have Neil Uris back with part three of his review of the Olympus LS100, and then that's followed, compliments of Blind Bargains. We hear J.J. Meadow interview the people who make the six-dot braille labeler, and that will be coming up as the last thing this week, and we hope that you enjoy all the presentations, get a lot of good information, and if you ever have any questions about anything that you hear here on Main Menu, please feel again free to write us and tweet us and ask us your questions. And if we don't know the answers, we will make sure that we find those answers and get those answers to you. Let's go ahead and get into the program for today, and you have a great week. to discuss the stopwatch on the Braille Note Apex BT. The BT does not have a countdown timer, but it does have a stopwatch, and it's quite easy to make it work. I am on the main menu right now, and I'm going to push Enter plus W, and Enter is dot eight. Zero. We are at zero. To start or stop the stopwatch, you push spacebar, and we're going to start it. Zero seconds running. If you want to hear the elapsed time after stopping it, first of all, you have to stop it by pushing spacebar. 14.46 seconds stopped. 
And then I'm going to push space plus the letter R. 21.46 seconds stopped. It looks like it's still running, but as I'll show you a little later on, there is a way to hear that repeated number with the letter L by itself. I'm going to start it. 35 seconds running. Now, what if you want to set this thing one to minute. zero? We're at one minute. Yes, it does announce every minute. We've had some time pass, and we're now at a minute and 35 seconds. And we want to set this to zero. So we push backspace plus dots one and four. Zero seconds running. And we're at zero, and we're still running. So we're up to four, five, six, seven, eight. Let's say that I want to know the elapsed time. I push space plus R. 17 seconds running. And I push space plus R again. 21 seconds running. But what if I didn't hear that 21? Let's push L. 21 seconds. That's what the previous elapsed time was. I push L again. 21 seconds. But what if I think that this thing is still going on and I push space R? 42 seconds running. Let's stop it. 46.7 seconds stopped. And it's now stopped, but the clock is still running if I push space R. 53.61 seconds stopped. However, push L. 53.61 seconds. Now, what if we want to stop this thing altogether? First of all, we push space if it's running, but it's not. And then I push backspace plus dots one and four zero. to zero it out. And then I exit space plus E chord. Exit. Main menu. Now, if I had not zeroed it, it would have just kept on running. So let's get back into the stopwatch and see if it's running in the background. Zero. No, it isn't. So we're all done here. I'm going to exit. Exit. Main menu. And we're back in the main menu. So that is the stopwatch on the Braille Note Apex BT. Hello Main Menu listeners, this is Chase Crispin, and I'm here today again demonstrating the icon and the Braille Plus for the Battle of the Note Takers segment. As you know, this week we're demonstrating the stopwatch and countdown timer functions of various devices, so it's now time to look at the stopwatch and countdown timer functions of the icon in the Braille Plus. Unfortunately, the icon and the Braille Plus do not have any sort of countdown timer. To do any sort of timing tasks, you can create an appointment in the calendar, which we've looked at in another demonstration, and you can select alarms there for various times. There is not a dedicated countdown timer function, however. There is a stopwatch, and to launch it, I'm going to press 5. I'm in the Applications menu now, so 5 will get me to the Tools menu. That's the shortcut. One word processor. And then pushing 5 again is the shortcut within the Tools menu to open the stopwatch application. Stopwatch. Stopped. We are in the stopwatch. This is a very, very, very simple application. Very quick, very easy to use, and you hear it, but it's currently stopped. Basically, only three of the buttons work here. Select will start and pause the timer. OK will announce the currently elapsed time, and Cancel will close the program. If I press Select to begin the stopwatch, running. we hear running if we press OK. 2.43 seconds running. 2.43. If we wait just a few more seconds and we press it again, 7.85 seconds running. We hear 7.85 seconds running. If we press select, it'll pause. Paused. And if we 
check the time. 15.33 seconds paused. That was with the OK key. And the cancel key will exit us out of the program. If we press menu. Options menu. There are no menu. We hear that there's no menu options. So there's nothing really you can do besides start and stop the timer and check how much time is on the clock. So if we press cancel. Stopped. We hear that it's stopped. So you can also stop it by, instead of pausing it, you can just completely stop it by using the cancel key rather than pausing with the select key. If we press cancel one more time, we are completely menu. back to the main menu. So again, there's no countdown timer in this device, and the stopwatch is very, very simple. It will get your job done if you just want to time some events or something that you're doing. So that's how the stopwatch works on the icon and the Braille Plus. Hope this has been of help to you, and we'll see you back here next week on ACB Radio's Main Menu, continuing the battle of the note-takers. We're going to talk about the countdown timer, which is part of the stopwatch in the PacMate QX400. And to get this started, I'm going to push the start. Start menu today. And I'm going to push P for programs. Active sync. We're on active sync, but we want to be on stopwatch, so I'm going to push S for stopwatch. Search. Stopwatch. And I'm going to push enter, and it will open up a dialog box for the stopwatch or the countdown timer. They're in the same program. Leaving menus. Stopwatch. Start button. Zero. I'm going to go through the dialog just to show you what's in here. We're on start, and I'm going to keep tabbing and tell you what we see here. Reset button. This is if you want to reset it back to zero. Countdown button. And this is where we go for the countdown timer. Close button. This is to close. Time read only edit zero. Read the amount of time left on the countdown or on the stopwatch. Start button zero. And we're back to start. Now I'm going to go to countdown. Reset button. Countdown button. I'm going to press enter. Countdown dialog box dialog. Minutes edit zero. Now I don't want to set it for minutes, but if I did, I would type a number here. And I'm going to push tab. We're going to set it for 10 seconds. Seconds edit zero. I'm going to type one zero, and it says ten on the Braille display. Tab. OK button. And if I want to start, then we go to OK, which is where we are. But let me tell you that if you want to pause the time and stop the countdown, then you can push Enter, and then you can push Enter again to restart it. Let's go past here. Cancel button. Okay, I'm going to push OK when we get to the OK button. And I don't know if there's a way to adjust the alarms, but I'm just going to use the default. And usually what happens is I just push a key to stop the alarm ringing. Oh, here we go. And it will announce, once you get up to the last 15 seconds, it will announce every second, but... Beyond that, say if you set it for 45 minutes or 60 minutes or something, it will announce every minute until you get up to the last 15 seconds. And then once you get to the last 15 seconds, it announces. So I'm going to push OK. Time read only edit 10. 
I'm in the edit box, so it shows it in Braille, too. And there we go. I'm going to tab. And I didn't have a chance to tab. It just reset the whole thing to zero. So that is the countdown timer. Today we're going to talk about the stopwatch in the PacMate QX400. And if you have heard the countdown timer information, you'll remember that this is part of the same program. So I'm going to turn on the machine, push start, start menu today. type P for programs, push S until we get to stopwatch, Search. stopwatch. push enter, and this is where we would actually start the stopwatch, but I'm not going to do that yet. I'm going to tab to show you what's in here. Pushing tab. Reset button. This is where you would reset it to zero. Countdown button. This is for the countdown timer section. We're not going to bother with that. Close button. Close the program. Time read only edit. And this zero. is where you would read the time in Braille and also speech if you want to. And tab again. Start button. And I'm going to start the stopwatch by pushing enter. And to start or stop, you would push enter. Starting stopwatch. Zero minutes. And it's changed to stop because we now have the stop button to stop it. But I'm going to shift tab to show you that we can read this in Braille. Time read only edit. Zero minutes, 15 seconds. The Braille is going to be about four seconds higher than the speech because the speech is always kind of slower, I guess. It takes longer for the speech to process. Braille, we are on 33, 34, 35, 36, 7, 8, 9, 40. And let's tab to stop. Reset button. Close button. Time red only stop button. And we're going to push enter. Zero minutes, 50.88 seconds. And let's shift tab. Time red only edit. Zero minutes, 50.88 seconds. And we are on 50.88 seconds, and it is not doing anything. It's just sitting there. So let's tab to start. Start button. Zero minutes, 50.88 seconds. Push enter. Starting stopwatch. Zero minutes, 51 seconds. Shift tab, 57, 8, 9, 1 minute, it announces every minute, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Let's see if we can reset it to 0. I'm tabbing, push enter, and this will stop it. Start button. Time read only edit. Zero. And I'm on the read function and it says zero. And as you noticed, we had start instead of stop. So I'm going to tab to start. Start button zero. And start it. Starting stopwatch. Zero minutes. Shift tab. Time close button. Time read only edit. Zero minutes, five seconds. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Now I'm going to stop it. Stop button. Push enter. Zero minutes, 19.28 seconds. And I'm going to reset, reset it button. to zero. Zero. 
And I'm going to tab to close. Countdown button. Close button. File Explorer. Storage card list view. I pushed one of the buttons to stop the speech, and we're back where we were before we started. And I'm going to turn off the machine. And that is the stopwatch. Hi, Main Menu listeners. This is Rich Cavallaro, here today to bring you another application demo with the Hims family of products. This is an application that you'll find pretty much across the board on note-taker lines, as was first originally introduced in the popular Braylon Speak and other Boise, now Freedom Scientific note-takers, back in 1987 when the Braylon Speak was first introduced. This is the stopwatch and countdown timer. I have my voice sense already turned on. And I'm going to go to utilities, and I'm going to arrow down to stopwatch, or I could have just hit W, which is the shortcut. So we're in the stopwatch, and if we tab, we'll get to the countdown timer when we're part of the screen. We'll demo the stopwatch first. To start it, we push enter. And it says start. If we want to check the elapsed seconds, we can push the space bar. And it's been four seconds since we started the stopwatch. If we wanted to reset the stopwatch and start again, push escape. And it's cleared. And it says stopwatch ready. Enter will start it again. Escape. And now we can tab. And run the countdown timer. And by default, it counts to one minute. Um, what you do here is on that arrow, we'll adjust your hours. One hour, edit combo box, two hours, three hours, four hours, edit five hours, edit combo we'll box, zero hours, zero hours. Combo, one minute, edit combo and box. we'll say, one hour, edit combo, uh, zero hour, edit combo, two minutes, edit combo box, two minutes, uh, left and right arrow will adjust your minutes, one minute, zero minute, edit 23 hours, 59, and zero hours, zero minute, edit combo say, box, say, one minute, edit one combo minute, box, and we'll hit enter. Countdown, one minute. And we've got about a minute, and the space bar will give us the time until the countdown timer will go off and make a sound. Remaining time, 53 seconds. 53 seconds. So as you can see as we're waiting for this to count down, uh, the stopwatch and countdown timer is very simple to use. And by the way, one thing I should mention is that you have great help in this product. Uh, F1 will allow you to up and down arrow through a list of key commands. I'll demo that while we're uh, waiting for the countdown timer to finish start pause restart stopwatch enter display lapse time space braille display on off toggle event space switch between stopwatch and countdown timer tab or shift tab pause restart countdown timer enter so you can see you've got a very easy way to get help, help and i just called that for close so we've got 13 seconds time, 10, seconds, 10 seconds to go we have less than 10 seconds to go and we should hear a sound And that sound, if we just hit escape. Countdown timer. Countdown. Zero hour, zero minutes, zero seconds. As we set the countdown timer, and that is basically an overview of the stopwatch and countdown timer found in the HIMS family of products.
Hi, I'm David Tanner, host of Main Menu. I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, to come by and see us at the Main Menu webpage at www.mainmenu.acbradio.org. And while you're there, sign up for our Main Menu Friends mailing list. We'd love to have you on the list and have you input ideas on how we can continue to improve Main Menu. Also, while you're at it, if you have the opportunity, buy and see us on Twitter. You can access us on Twitter at twitter.com slash main menu. Now it's time to take our trip through the menus. As I said earlier, when you turn on this recorder, you come in on the home screen. You come in on Recorder. Let me show you what's there by arrowing left. Metronome. Tuna. And I'm all the way to the left, and if I keep going left, Tuna. it doesn't Tuna. wrap. That's good. So I go back to the right. Metronome. Recorder. Now I'm back to recorder. I go right. Multitrack. Lisaju. Lisaju, and I'm not going to go into a lot of it here, is a way to make sure that your external stereo mics are in phase so that they can be used for mono-compatible recording. Let me go back to the left now. Multitrack. Recorder. Now, remember I said to, to get into folder A, you press the enter button three times. I'm going to do that. One, two, three. And it double beeps on three. I could have gotten into the menus from the home screen, but let's say you're in folder A or one of the folders. You press the menu key, which is on the left of the screen, the bottom button. Recording mode setting. And you notice one thing right off the bat. None of the menu titles are read. This is actually the recorder menu, but what it reads is the first item in the menu. And you arrow left and right to get to each of the menus, or tabs as they refer to them in the manual. So if I arrow right, playback mode setting, which is actually the playback menu, and the first one is playback mode setting, then I arrow right again, file lock setting, and I'm in the file menu, backlight setting. I arrow right again, and I'm in the LCD slash sound menu. I arrow right again. Function key menu. And now you're in the device menu. I arrow right one more time. Recording mode setting. And I'm back to recording mode setting. So let's go through these quickly. Recording mode setting I really don't use that much. I go into it by pressing Normal. enter, which is what I want to be on. Normal. I arrow down now. Overdub. Play sync. Voice synchro recording. Normal. And we're back to normal. I'm not going to go into the discussion of those others because they mostly have to do with multiple record, which we aren't dealing with in this podcast. I'm going to back out of that menu by pressing the left arrow key. Recording mode setting. And I'm going to continue down through the recorder menu. Mic gain setting. Now we're on mic gain. I go in here. Built-in mic setting. And I have a choice between built-in mic setting. External mic setting. 
XLRL setting. XLRR setting. Built-in mic setting. And back to built-in mic. They divide the XLR channels into two in case you want to do something with one and something with the other. Except for XLR, they all have the same information. So let me go into built-in mic. High. Middle. Low. High. Back to high. Set. That's where I want it. Now that you've set it, you're basically out of that menu. Built-in mic setting. So you can arrow down and you go to... External mic setting. External mic setting, which gives you the same choices. XLRL setting. XLRL and R are different choices. High. Low. There is no middle on these. High. Back to high. Set. Select. And we go down. XLRR setting. To XLRR. Same two settings. Built-in mic setting. We're back to built-in mic setting, so I arrow left. Mic gain setting. And I arrow down. Recording level setting. To recording level setting. I enter. Built-in mic setting. And again, we have the choice between built-in mic. External mic setting. Line setting. XLR phone L setting. XLR phone R setting. Built-in mic setting. And they both have the same kind of information in them. So again, let's go into built-in mic. Manual. Now I happen to be on manual. Auto. There is auto gain, which is on most of the Olympus recorders I've had. And if you click that, you are on auto gain. But let's click on manual. Manual. And here's what you get. Limiter compressor off. Limiter compressor off. All right, if I arrow down. Limiter 1. Limiter 2. Now, limiter 1 and limiter 2 are different. Limiter 1 is a slow rebound limiter, which I think I said before. And limiter 2 is rapid rebound, which is more for speech. Same with the compressors below. I arrow down. Compressor 1. Compressor 2. Compressor 2. And now I'm back. Limiter compressor off. To off, which is what I'll leave it on. Now, when I select this, Set. I'm back out to manual, because it took me back one menu level. Now I left arrow. Recording level setting. And I'm back on recording level setting. And as I said, the built-in mic, external mic setting, which is the mini jack, line setting, XLR phone L and R setting, all have the same things in them. So we back out of that menu. Recording level setting. And to refresh, we've been in recording mode setting. Mic gain setting. Mic gain setting. Recording level setting. And recording level setting. Now I'm going to go down one more. Input select setting. Input select. And I can select between if I go in by pressing enter. Built-in mic. External mic. Line. XLR phone. Built-in mic. Now we're back to built-in mic. I can select any one of those by pressing Enter, or as I said earlier, I can hit Function Key 2, and those menu choices pop up. So let's get out of here. Input Select Setting. And we go down from Input. Mic Power Setting. To Mic Power Setting. We go in here. Phantom Power Setting. Press Enter. 48 volts. 24 volts. 
48 volts. I'm on 48. Set. And there's no on off because the switches on the recorder are actually on off. Now, if I arrow down from phantom power, plug-in power setting, I get plug-in power setting. Off. I've turned it off, but what's interesting is that it comes powered on. So if you don't want to waste batteries and you don't need it, turn it off. I'm going to pretend I had it on. I'm going to turn it off. Set. It's going to bounce me out one level, or I could have backed out by left arrow. I'm still now in the power setting, so I back out again. Mic power setting. And I'm back to the main mic power setting. I go down. Rec format setting. And now here we get your recorder formats. PCM mode. So we go into PCM mode. 44.1 kilohertz, 16 now bits. Now if I arrow up. 44.1 kilohertz, 24 bits. I go all the way to 96, 24, alternating between 16 and 24. 48 kilohertz, 16 bits. 48 kilohertz, 24 bits. And I get to 88.2 kilohertz, 16. And I get to 96 kilohertz, 16 bits. And I just skipped a couple, but you go all the way up to 96. I don't really PCM want to change mode. that, so I go back to, to I left arrow, and I'm back at PCM mode. Oh, one thing I didn't show you in PCM mode. 44.1 kilohertz, 16 bits. Is if I arrow down. Monoro. I'm on Monoro, which we played with earlier. So I'm going to arrow back up 44 .1 to 44.1 kilohertz, 16 bits. I'm going to left arrow to get out of here because PCM I know that's what mode. it's set on. Now we go down. MP3 mode. And we're on MP3 mode. I go into that menu. 128 kilo BPS. And the bottom record level on this is 128. If I arrow down, Monoro. I get to mono. So I arrow up through the settings, 128. 256 kilo BPS. 320 kilo BPS. Monoro. 128 kilo BPS. And those are your choices. I left arrow out of here because I don't want to change mode. anything. PCM mode. And I'm still in the record setting, so I arrow again. Recording mode setting. Now I go down. Low cut filter setting. Low cut filter. Off. Is off. I go down. 300 hertz. 100 hertz. Off. Off. I think I have it on off, but just to make sure, I'll enter. Set. It'll take me out. I go down. Pre-recording setting. Pre-recording. Off. Is off or on? On. Off. And if it's on, when you go into record standby, the recorder builds up in its buffer the sounds it's hearing, so that if you hear something and you press the record key within two seconds, you actually record what you heard before you pressed record within that two-second frame. Pre-recording setting. All right, let's go down. Recording monitor setting. Recording monitor setting, which is either on or off. And what's interesting is that when it's off, you don't hear anything through headphones. So if you want to record something and play it back through the speaker as you record without getting feedback, you would turn that off. Recording mode setting. Now we're back to recording mode. So we're done with the recorder menu. So let me just refresh a minute. If you are in a menu and you press enter and select something, it will take you out of that menu tree part back to the previous menu tree item. Or you can do that without pressing enter by simply pressing left arrow. So it might have been a little confusing as I went through there, but that's what I was doing. Now we go to the playback menu. 
playback mode setting. In playback mode setting, you have list playback file. And this is confusing. A playback file is what it defaults to when you get it. And that's what I said earlier about if you press play and you're playing a file and you press right arrow, it'll stop. It won't go to the next file. It will. It just won't start playing it. If you want it to do that, there are a couple ways to do it. I'll show you one now and another one later. If you go to list, list, and there are only two choices, list, playback file, and playback file. List. So I go to list, I press enter. Set. It says set. Now, when I arrow to the right while I'm playing a file, it will beep and it will play the next file. And I think, although I'm not sure of this, that it will play continuously from file to file, but I haven't really checked that out. I go down. Skip interval setting. Now you get your skip interval setting. In other words, what do you want the right and left keys to do while you're playing a file? Skip. So I'm on skip. Reverse skip. Reverse skip. I don't want to do that. Skip. I guess that goes backwards. So if, I pre if I press skip. File skip. 10 second skip. 30 second skip. So you can have the whole file skipped, or you can skip by some amount of seconds. And it goes... One minute skip. Five minute skip. Ten minute skip. File skip. All right, so you can go to increments of ten minutes. So if you're in a long file, you might want to change this to get to a particular place in the file, but I want mine in file. So I skip. press enter, and I go down. Reverse skip. And reverse skip. Let's see what's in there. File skip. One second skip. Three seconds skip. Oh, it's dealing with the, of course, duh. It's dealing, <laughs> okay, bad day starting already. It's obviously dealing with the left arrow, duh. We want One it to do skip. file. file. Skip. That's interesting, though. If you wanted to back through a file um, and go back and repeat something really quickly, you might want to set skip. it on one second or something like that. Anyway, file I'm going to keep mine on file. Set. I'm going to press down arrow. Skip. And we're back in, we're still in skip, so I'm going to press left arrow. Why didn't I get out of there? Oh, I guess I did. I got out of the reverse skip into skip, and now I press left arrow to get further out. Skip interval setting. All right, now we go down. Playback mode setting. And we get to playback mode setting. List. Playback mode setting. And those are the only things in playback. So let's go to the next menu. File lock setting. Which is the file menu. You can lock a file. Off. On. And off. I want it off. File lock canceled. Good. Thank you. I'll go down. File move and copy setting. And I won't go in here. Um, it's, well, let's see. Move to the internal memory. Copy to the internal memory. Move to SD. Copy to SD. Move to the internal memory. So those are your choices. I back out of there. File, move, and copy setting. We go down. File, divide, setting. So we go down from file, divide. Property. Property, I doubt is going to read. Nope. Didn't think so. Property. So I arrow down. MP3 convert. MP3 convert. Let's see what's in here. If starting MP3 convert, check free space in memory before selecting start. 
Start MP3 Convert. Suspend MP3 Convert. Start MP3 Convert. That's interesting. I haven't tried that. But I assume that the file you're in, if it's a WAV file, would be converted to MP3. Hmm. Nice feature. MP3 Convert. So I go down after that. CD-Write. CD-Write. This will write directly to a CD. I've not tried it. Write 1. Write multiple. Write 1. Oh, okay. You can write one or multiple. What happens if you write multiple? Write multiple. And what does it do? Oh, good. It does nothing. Hmm. I don't know whether that's a function of the voice guidance not working correctly or whether you're changing between one, two, three, four, whatever. And I guess if you have a CD drive hooked to your USB port, I don't know how you set that up, and the manual really doesn't make it clear, and I haven't done it, so you know as much as I do. CD write. All right. Bounce. This is basically what you do if you were recording multi-tracks and you wanted to bounce all the tracks into one track and therefore start using more tracks. Let's say you had eight tracks already and you wanted to do more. You could bounce certain tracks to one track or all tracks to one track and then you only have one track. Now you've got seven more you can deal with. Let's go down from there. File lock setting. And now we're back to file lock setting. And now you get this very weird thing that happens. After you pass the file menu, you arrow right, and you hear off. And I thought, why did they put the yes or no for the first item in the file menu out to the right? So I sort of ignored it for a while, until one day I arrowed down from off, and of course I got on. And I thought, okay, I'll turn something on or off, but I'm not sure what it is. And I arrow down. Sitting detail. And I get setting detail. Lo and behold, I'm in the metronome menu. Who would have known? Off. You go back down to off. So this is the only thing there. On, off, and... Setting detail. So if I press enter on setting detail... Display. I get display. I don't expect this is going to speak, but I'll go in there. Off. Oh, on. Well, it's off or on. Off. It's now off. Set. I go down. Countdown. Countdown. I press enter. Zero. Zero. One, two. two, if I arrow up, I get to one, two. One. Who knows how far it goes. Zero. But that talks. Set. I set it back to zero. Tempo. Tempo. I go in here. Oh, well, I'm changing tempo, but I don't know what it is. So that doesn't speak. I go out tempo. of there. Select sound. Select sound. Metronome sound one. Metronome sound two. Okay, so they give me a bunch of metronome sounds. Metronome sound one. I don't know what they sound like. I'm not sure if there's any way to metronome sound set two. it to metronome sound two. Set. Well, it just says set. Metronome sound two. Metronome sound one. One and two. Okay. Metronome sound two. And there are only two sounds in here. One and metronome sound two. Two. Metronome I don't know what one. they sound like, but I'll select one. Set. I think that's what it was on anyway. I go down. Rhythm pattern. Rhythm pattern. Go in here. Oops. No speech. All right, using the metronome would be a, a fun thing to do. Volume setting. Volume setting. I guess that might speak. Volume three. Volume five. Volume five. From five volume four. to... Volume Volume one. Volume one. And interestingly enough, none of the volumes volume that three. we've found wrap. So I'll select volume three. Set. Display. And now we're back to display. But that's a whole menu I would have missed. 
and did miss for a long time because of the fact that they're not titled. Who would think that you'd run across a menu called Off? Well, you sort of might if you knew that the others weren't titled, but at least the others gave you some clue that there was something besides an on and off setting. That's really very strange. Welcome to Blind Bargain's audio coverage of CSUN 2012. Brought to you by... On the American Foundation for the Blind website, you'll find everything you need to know about blindness and visual impairment. Search our national job bank, discover the history of Helen Keller, read our blog on current issues, find professional resources, and even more. Our site is completely accessible. Check it out at www.afb.org. Now, here's J.J. Meadow. We are here at CSUN 2012 with Karina Pickhart, the CEO and one of the founders of SixDot, and here with an update and a product that is now shipping that we've been talking about for a while, the SixDot Braille Labeler. Welcome uh, back to Blind Bargains. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. I'm almost losing my voice, but we'll, we'll make it through. Okay, I'll do all the talking. <laughs> so, hey, that, that works just fine. Um, so, the uh, last year we did a podcast and we were talking about the, the six dot, and we had a uh, you had a prototype at that point, but uh, a lot has changed and now it is shipping. So, why don't you tell us about uh, some of the progress that you've made over the last year? Sure, I'd love to give an update. So, um, what we've got here at CSUN this year is uh, a fully ready to ship, um, uh, you know, example of the six dot labeler. Um, over the last year, what we've done is really just finalized all of the details that are going to make our product you know, beautiful, easy to use. Um, some of the changes that uh, happened over the last year include, um, you know, simple things like uh, simple things from changing the shape and form and uh, making it a little more lightweight and compact to uh, pretty big changes. Like, for example, we integrated um, a USB port into the device now, so you can plug in a QWERTY keyboard, and that's one of the big highlights that we're here to present this year. So someone who doesn't know Braille at all can still type Absolutely. On the Either um, someone who just prefers to use a QWERTY keyboard or someone who doesn't know how to type Braille um, or type on the Braille keyboard, like a teacher or parent of a blind child, for example. And those are um, that's a constituency, <laughs> I would say, that has been really interested in our product from day one, but has, um, of course, had the... And the challenge of, of thinking that right. they might not be able to use it. But they it. want to put uh, Braille labels on their the, the, their students' uh, equipment. Or absolutely. Or all Around their house if they've got a blind child themselves. Yeah. Um, well, absolutely. I mean, you, I guess you could you could label an entire book that way if you wanted to, like, you know, the kids' books. or Absolutely. Yeah. And we actually we met someone who wanted to do exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things that we noticed is uh, it got quieter. So uh, maybe we could uh, actually hear. We have one in front of us here. Uh, yes, we do. So I've got it right here on the table. We'll see if it got um, too quiet if we could actually if we were to pick it up. So, right. Uh, so, um, product is very simply, uh, tape is loaded in a very simple fashion, powered on. We've moved the power switch now, so it sits right between, right in the center of the Braille keyboard, so right between... Ah, uh, yeah, right in the front. Up. Okay. And you just flip the switch towards the space bar, so it's in the on position right now. And then, uh, as soon as you feel the tape emerging from the device, which it is already on the, um, the left-hand side there... Okay, out, okay, coming out the back sure. left. Okay. Uh, then you can just go ahead and type away. Let's see if I can do this while I'm holding this, and let's see. Multitasking. Yeah. to do. So I typed hello. And it's coming out. And it is out. So 
Okay. So now that it, it uh, wrote hello, uh, then do I press this cut button or do I have to right. advance so it first? What we do, you don't have to advance it at all. In fact, if you don't advance it, you're going to get a perfect uh, label that doesn't have any excess tape on the end. end. So what I do is I just power the unit off so I don't hit any stray keys. Okay. Then I uh, slide the slider down and back up, the cutting slider. Oh, the wow. The label should be out. So it's not a hard lever to press down as far as cutting. Um, no, you, ha- you have to um, just hold on to it in the right mm-hmm. orientation, and we describe that in our user manual. But um, And it left a tab on the, on the did, end, of course. It leaves a tab out. on the, the end of the label, so at the, you know, right after O and hello. One of the things that I've definitely noticed um, about this compared to, say, using a, 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 you know, a handheld labeler, like a diamond labeler, um, is the, the, the braille is really crisp. It's, mm-hmm. It seems to be really... Like you couldn't just really easily smoosh it down. Right. And that's what we keep hearing is um, over and over again as we've brought prototypes, even our earliest prototypes, to CSUN conferences in the past. Um, people come back to us the next year and tell us you know, where they've put their labels through the dishwasher on their mugs and so on, and that the, the Braille is still holding crisp. And that's, that's really a great thing. You know, um, we're really intent on focusing on fine details. So one of, the, one of the other big changes besides just keeping our Braille quality uh, really nice is that we focused on really improving the, the feedback from the keys. So when you press those keys on the keyboard, um, we expect that, that you feel sure that you've hit the right things and that that's a pleasant experience. So are there um, two different modes? Because I've seen it uh, act where I'm typing and it prints it out right away, and I've seen it go where I'm typing and it doesn't print out... Um, until the end of the line. Um, so it always starts printing right as soon as you start typing. Okay. So it's just a matter of how fast you're typing. So if you're typing really quick, um, you'll find that uh, the Braille is sort of catching up with you. The label is going to catch up with you because it stores all your key presses in this queue and then it just kind of prints out the Braille as fast as it can. So especially, I guess if you're typing a longer label, you'll find that it, it kind of comes out at its, at its own pace. Okay. And you can sort of read along as it comes out. Sure. What would you say? The, do you have your rate of the speed of it uh, officially? Or? Um, in terms of characters per second, uh, it's probably around the order of a character per second. Okay. So if you, know, if you typed a 15-character right. thing, you could type it as fast as you want, but it'll just take a little How time. many characters are in the buffer? Um, so you can make practically as long a label as you want. We've uh, capped it um, at 150 characters just because we don't expect anyone would need to make a label much longer than that right. at the time. At, at that um, point, you might as well just make another label. <laughs> probably so. Um, but we could, that's, that's sort of a software thing, so it's not a big deal um, for us to edit if, that, if that's you know, something sure. that people would like. So there's no um, other controls on it, right? We have the, the USB on the right side, the, the cutter on the back, right. power switch. Uh, that's about all. So we, we're trying to keep it really simple and clean and not make it you know, so feature-heavy that no one can figure out how to use it. So hopefully that keeps it simple, uh, crisp and clean. And what does it weigh? Um, it weighs a pound and a half. Um, well, that is lighter than... Yeah, and I think with the batteries, it, it ha- has four AA batteries in there, and I think with a cartridge of tape loaded and the batteries, it comes out to about two pounds. So are those uh, rechargeable batteries, or do you just um, use regular double A's? So we've been using regular double A's ourselves personally, but you can definitely put rechargeable double A's in there, absolutely. Okay, but you wouldn't be able to, you don't plug it into a wall and recharge it, can you? No, you can't do that um, okay. in this model. How long does it last on uh, on four batteries? Yeah, that's something we're really proud of, too. Um, a set of batteries will last you about 10 rolls of tape, which is about 120 feet of labels, um, with continuous use. So if you were just typing labels all night and day, you could go for about... Um, uh, let's see, about like five hours worth of just labeling forever before it died. Right. Okay. Um, and then, you know, if you're using it in sort of a normal use case, like, you know, make a couple labels here today and then a couple more tomorrow, um, it'll last a lot longer in that situation. Okay. One of the uh, interesting things that uh, you did to uh, get this project going um, was to obtain some uh, funding, not some, lots of funding, uh, through kickstarter.com. Mm-hmm. 
uh, raising over fifty thousand uh, dollars mm-hmm. for the projects. How what what gave you that idea and and describe a little bit of how that process worked? Yeah, so our company is based out in Silicon Valley in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, that's a really hot spot for innovation these days, and right. we wanted to be a part of that. We wanted to bring assistive technology into that space because there really aren't a lot of assistive technology companies there. But one of the challenges we found is that um, in developing new assistive technology like what we did here, um, a lot of financing is required. It's a very you know uh, cash demanding kind of business to start um, right at, up front, and it wasn't the type of business that uh, most Silicon Valley investors were excited about or comfortable with because it's very different from what they know, what they're used to, what they compare to other business models. And so we had to find alternative alternative business models. And what we realized is that a lot of people are really excited about what we're doing and would love to support us, but can't support us in a traditional investment kind of way. So we found Kickstarter. Um, and Kickstarter is a website that enables crowdsourced funding. So we got over 500 people around the world, literally. Um, lots of strangers, lots of people we never met, and lots of people who've been supporting us for a long time um, that would put down money to support our project. And that totaled, um, you know, like you said, over $50,000 that came into our company. Um, everyone who participated and gave a contribution could sign up for a prize, um, and we awarded we we were um, awarding these uh, contributors or backers of our project by um, also supporting other uh, blind entrepreneurs. So we gave out CDs by some blind musicians at a certain uh, pledge level. Um, we used a blind musician's work to um, as the background uh, soundtrack of our, our promotional video for this. Okay. Um, and we had jewelry from a, a lady who, you know, casts braille jewelry um, and so on. So we tried to support a lot of other entrepreneurs okay. in our space while doing our fundraiser. So I'm guessing it probably became uh, pretty nerve-wracking. Part of how uh, Kickstarter works is if you don't reach your funding target by the, the, the cutoff date, which, uh, you know, by the end of the project, then you don't receive any of the funding. Right, exactly. So we had to hit at least $50,000 within 30 days. And so you're right. The last couple of days were kind of nerve-wracking. But, you know... Uh, in this right, yeah, it was right to the wire. It was right to the wire. And um, the really cool thing about this whole process is there have been a lot of really nerve-wracking moments in our company, a lot of times when, you know, uh, we weren't sure if we if we could actually pull it off and make it through and make it to where we are today, which is shipping a product to customers. Um, but the really beautiful thing is that we've really just got so many folks who've been um, supporting us uh, and rooting for us and wanting to see us succeed. And so as soon as we actually hit that 50000 target, $50,000 target on Kickstarter, we got... Tremendous number of phone calls and emails and text messages right away, and that just that was so uh, invigorating because it meant people were just sitting there on the website watching, watching the page, watching, watching hoping, hoping you know yeah. that we would make it there and calling to congratulate. And you, us and you, when and you had some momentum once you started getting close. And you know, I think some people probably waited until the, you know, like, okay, maybe this is really going to go through. Yeah, well. absolutely. I think that's pretty uh, pretty much true to sort of human psychology. A lot of people gave money right up front who knew they wanted to contribute and then a lot of people were like and eh, we'll wait and see if they're actually going to make it to their goal then i'll put my money down sure so the actual process for submitting your idea to kickstarter how does that work yeah so um kickstarter has a lot of information a lot of uh, resources on their website that help um, prepare one for submitting an application and basically you just submit a very basic proposal that is almost like the first draft of what's going to be on your kickstarter page um, and then it's reviewed by some folks over at Kickstarter's offices, which are out in New York. Um, and they give you sort of an approval or rejection. And then if you're rejected, you can typically um, figure out what what conditions you didn't meet and modify your application. Um, and that's a process that can take, you know, uh, 
maybe like a week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're doing probably a lot of preparation before you submit that. So you want to really figure out uh, exactly how you want it to be structured. And you can just learn a lot from the resources they You provide. want to put a lot of thought into it. You had to create a video. Yeah, there's a video. There's the text of the language of how you're going to present your project. And then the really important part is to figure out... Um, how you're going to reward your backers, and you do it at different levels, right? If you contribute $20, you can get this. If you contribute $100, you could get another thing. And you really need to sort of figure out the finances of that because every um, every contribution you give someone is either going to cost you time or money to put together for them. Um, and so you, you want to make sure that uh, you do the math right so that when people donate a certain amount and then you give them their prize... You still have some left over. Yeah, you have what you need. And the whole point of Kickstarter is to get you the money you need to hit a certain milestone. So we needed... $50,000 to manufacture our first 200 products that are going to our first 200 customers. And so we had to budget so that we would raise a little bit more than that, um, you know, so that once all the prizes were sent out and everything, uh, we'd still have the money we need to get there. Right. So um, once you uh, sell those first 200, then, then you can go from there. You'll have the money to, to keep producing mm-hmm. more. And- mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, I just want to say Kickstarter is a great platform for any kind of um, person who has any sort of hobby. I've seen musicians out there, you know, who want to put together a really nice their first album, and they want to be able to yeah. buy the right equipment. Um, and then there's and it doesn't have to be fifty thousand. You see lots of uh, projects up there just trying to get a thousand dollars. Oh, sure, absolutely. They're, from as little um, to a couple hundred dollars, I've seen as low as actually a couple hundred dollars to up to half a million dollars. I've seen a company raise, well, or not even a company, just an individual or a team, a little team. Uh, what percent do they take? Does Kickstarter take? Um, so in total, you should uh, expect that about. Um, what is it about six to eight percent will be cut and and I think it's something like uh, I'm sorry the numbers aren't right, right off the top of my head but it's like three to five percent Kickstarter takes as their commission and then the credit card companies that you know are charging um, all your backers cards will take a little cut which is something sure. like also three to five percent um, I guess that comes to between six and ten percent right so you just have to figure it you know Add another couple thousand into what you're trying to raise. Right. Well, it's a percentage, right? So you just add something like six to ten percent, so that you know you've got that covered. Yeah, that's right. So that's all the math you've got to do to make sure that that what you're trying to raise makes sense. Um, but when you do that, Kickstarter has just let so many things take flight. You know, it has given so many people opportunities, and I'm really indebted to Kickstarter, um, or we, our team is, um, for what they enabled us to do here. Sure. So uh, looking forward at. Um version uh, 1.0, I guess, if you will. Uh, how has some of the initial uh, reaction been, and what um, what are you looking towards the future as far as, um, are you going to add new features, are you going to do other products, or what's what's the future like yeah, for so, 6.0? I mean, so right now, our target, um, our, our focus is to just take really good care of our first 200 customers. Um, we want them to really form the core of what our company's future is going to look like, and to inform that future of our company. Um, and we're going to just be focusing right now on the 6.0 Braille Labeler. Like I said, we have 200 units available uh, most Many of them are accounted for, but they're still for sale on our website until we run out of that inventory um, at www.6dot.com. That's six the dot, number six. Number six, dot.com. Um, after that, we'll be preparing to get this product on a, on a full production line. So, you know, um, we know there are a lot more than 200 people who want this product, and so we're going to be um, getting ready to go into full production. And that'll um, happen. We don't have a date uh, even unofficially announced yet. Um, so it'll be something like, you know, from several months to up to a year until there are more labelers available and just as we ready that for production. And I don't think there'll be feature changes that you see between now and then. Um, so, so if you want one, get it now as opposed to, if, if you don't get it now, you're going to have to be waiting several months. It'll or, be a long wait. Um, and we're going to try and cut that 
as short as we possibly can, but we just know after going through this process, we know the timeline of what things take. You know, it took us three years sure. to get to this day, so um, we're just trying to be smart about our schedule here. Right. Um, and then, yes, you will absolutely, you should absolutely plan to see more products coming down the pipeline, um, but we are not announcing any of that just yet. But sure. we're, you know, a young team. We'd like to be really innovative and um, really just kind of change the dynamic and the paradigm of what assistive technology looks like in the world today. Right. And it's really cool to, to, to see companies trying, you know, coming to CSUN and other these conferences and trying different things, not just bringing the same old, same old. Yeah, absolutely. And I think CSUN is a great place to do that because there's just such a great group of folks that come out here. Um, you know, lots of the lots of folks you see year after year and then lots of new folks that make it out every year. And that's, um, it's really a, just kind of a great mix of, of people and exhibitors and talks, all sorts of sure. stuff. How do you explain or, or sell the six dot? I mean, probably the most common... Um, you know, argument, if you will, um, is like, why, why would I buy a, a six-dot labeler when I can get a, a dime labeler for mm-hmm. 20, 30 bucks? Yeah, well, um, I think the customer, uh, the customers themselves discover the value of our product whenever they demo it. And it's, um, you know, what Dymo gives you is the Dymo tape labeler gives you something like 35 characters, which is, you know, what is it, half of the yeah. Braille character set mm-hmm. in only one language. Um, it's difficult to use. Most people find that they break. They don't produce good quality Braille. The Braille doesn't last. The, the labels come out wrong and they have to make the same label three times before they get it right. And all that process takes a really long time dialing that spool around. Um, it's, it's a really inconvenient process. And labeling needs to be quick, easy, right when you need it. Um, because, you know, when you bring home your, your bag of groceries, you want to just take care of that. That, sh- that process shouldn't take you half a day to get, you know, everything labeled and sorted and whatever. Right. So uh, how much is the uh, six dot? And you go ahead and give the website again. Um, yep. So the labeler is available for three twenty nine ninety nine. Um, you can get it on our website at www6, that's the number 6, dot.com. Um, you can also call us directly at our 800 number. It's 877-507-6368. That's 6 dots headquarters. Sure. Um, there were people last year, I believe you had a, a pre-order period going on. Have those people been taken care of? Or yeah, so everyone who placed a pre-order has been taken care of. And those, those customers who put down a deposit a year ago for this product that they wanted so badly um, receive a special discount and are uh, definitely a very special part of our community and our company and our history because they, they too, were a very important part of getting us to where we are today um, because they, they made it very clear that the demand for the product was there. This has been really insightful. Thank you so much for giving us an update, and, uh, and good luck. Yeah, we're always happy to, to share a little bit with you about um, the process of starting a company from the ground up, and we're, uh, we're excited to be on this journey and hope to see some more of you and everyone else around here soon. Great, thank you. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2012. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today on Main Menu. You have a great week, and we will see you back here again next week on Main Menu.